Welcome back to the Non-Standard 14er Podcast, the podcast that brings you everything the brute description leaves out about hiking and climbing Colorado's 14ers. We are back, excited to be back after a short hiatus. It's been about four months, and we've had some people ask where we've been. And uh, life's gotten a little busy with skiing and some fun travels and then uh, getting COVID. And so here we are, middle of winter, thinking about 14ers again. I'm Jacer Jack. I'm joined here by my co-host, Short Rope Stifler. Hey. Colorado Trail Pat, Walk Mode Pat, BDP, our friend Patrick. Hey, what's up? Howdy, hi. My beautiful wife, Tay Jack. Hello. And uh, our special guest today is Nat Dog. Hey, happy to be here. Nat Dog is a longtime listener, now a guest with us today to talk about Snowmass Peak. He's a stud. He has uh, cranked out all the 14ers in the last two years, so he's a recent 14er finisher, longtime listener. We are honored to have him on the podcast today to talk about Snowmass. Well, I don't really know you because you did the standard route, right? From Snowmass Lake. From Snowmass Lake. Yeah, with the uh, snow climb and the kind of ridge direct approach, so a little okay. bit of a deviation, but okay. by and large, the standard route. Yep. And short rope, did you do the same? Yep, camped at near Snowmass Lake. Okay. And did crampons, ice axe. Well, not crampons, but ice axe, pretty straight to the summit. And there was enough snow to. It was late July. When we do that, 2015 or 16. Uh. Yeah, because Pat met the next day, two days later. I met you after to do... We did North Maroon <clears> the <throat> same trip. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I've read that June is usually the preferred month to climb that. Yeah. When did you do? And you did a different route. Yeah, yeah I haven't done Maybe. it. I, I researched the standard route, but okay. I wound up doing the S Ridge. Okay. Tell me about the S Ridge. So that's from the South. The S does not stand for South. It's, <laughs> uh, it stands for like a snake or meandering route. Oh. And so you drive from Carbondale down to Marble, and then you take that road up to Crystal, and you hike from the and south. you pass that Crystal Lake, like the famous, like... Oh, Crystal Mill. The Crystal, Crystal Mill. Crystal Mill, yeah, yeah, sorry. That's so pretty. Yeah, so that's right there in Crystal, and then you, if you don't have, like, a modified four-wheel drive vehicle, you just park right above Crystal. Okay. And then you hike up through, like, King Basin, up to, like, Geneva Lake. Did you just eat dust the whole time? Were there a ton of four-wheel... Oh, yeah, there were a lot. There were a lot. So, like, from Marble to Crystal is six miles, and it took, like, an hour. Just a lot of waiting for vehicles to pass. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we camped at Geneva Lake, uh, which was at about 11,000. And so then uh, from there, you just kind of go up a pretty good trail to this other lake called Little Gem Lake. And then, yeah, from there, you just get right on the ridge, and you climb, like, 2,000 feet on the ridge straight to the summit. Wow. What's the trade-off? Like, <clears throat> what was the evaluation you made that led you to do that over the standard route? Um, a lot of it was just timing, um, because we this was Fourth of July weekend, and we basically only had one day. But also, <laughs> we basically just wanted to avoid crowds. Okay, that was kind of the biggest thing. And it's shorter, right? What's your shorter, total right? mileage? Like eight, right? It, round trip. Uh, from, from Crystal, it's like fourteen oh. round trip. So still almost half. Yeah, because the approach is seven or eight to get to Snowmass Lake. It's eight, uh, eight miles. Eight. I logged nine. Nine, nine on the dot to the lake. campsite, yeah. Because the, yeah, the log crossing was like six miles in, and that's still some steep stuff to the lake. So backing up, Pat, did you you did the standard route, correct? And did it <clears> as a snow climb from the lake up? We did uh, late July. It was like 2011. And did they even yeah. have 14ers back then? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah they were like 15 back then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you guys missed out. It fell both ways. It was, uh, yeah. The mountains have been melting away since then, so. So much fun. No, there wasn't a lot of snow that year. It was end of July, and we did the standard. It was a couple buddies. We actually, we went through the ski area, and we actually did about uh, three to four miles on the wrong trail. Is that East Snowmass Creek. Oh, no. Because if you're driving through, you end up going down these switchbacks through the ski area, uh, which was really sketchy, but we, we just wanted like a more adventurous approach, like just four-wheeling uh, from the Aspen side. And oh, that's not the standard snow like Divide like, Trail or something was called. Uh, okay. And so when you get there, this is where we screwed up, was we thought you were going to run right into, because mind you, back then we, you know, everything was carved in stone, right? There were no books or writing or anything like that, so... <laughs> So we ended up uh, hitting this trailhead, and we saw people hiking. We're like, oh, this must be East Snowmass uh, Creek, which apparently will take you, what, to Buckskin Pass, or um, you can still get to Snowmass Lake that way. It's just a lot longer. Um, and then we turned around and came back and then drove just a little further down the road <laughs> to West, uh, the actual Snowmass Creek Trail that started out. Um, but there was not that- a lot of snow. We, we got pretty close to the, to the point, but then you head out to that southwest aspect to boulder hop on all those super loose boulders and there was obviously a tragic accident the uh day yeah, really talk about that does it, it uh, connects back to snowmass lake though it does it does it goes point? over i think willow pass and then to buckskin pass and you can get down to well so then you were really close to the maroon bells at one we would have been yeah we we didn't uh, go all the way like i said we got about a couple miles in and we realized um this isn't right <laughs> I don't know. There Which was... we did a lot when I was. <laughs> it was all because there was no World Wide Web. That's know. it. I mean, had we had right. the World Wide Web, we <laughs> didn't end up on Huron. <laughs> At least I didn't end up on Huron that time. <laughs> <laughs> the, I didn't know you had a, or not you, but someone else had an accident before your climb. Yeah, that was um, this. Uh, we'd always heard that Snowmass was a different kind of loose elk rock. Was like giant boulders that like to move not necessarily like the shale or the glass plate type feeling you get on some of the red castle or maroon yeah um so yeah we were we were heading up um and we saw the flight for life um this was the day we were packing in and just before we got to lake ran to some people and um told us about an accident that was uh just after i guess he had made a post on facebook or took a selfie or something and then on his descent uh, a giant boulder gave way and these guys had hung with them uh, for a good portion of the time until search and rescue were able to, to get there. And, uh, sadly, he passed on the helicopter. But yeah, on the way up, uh, once we got to that southwest as- aspect, it was uh, pretty surreal to step on those rocks. And, and uh, you could see pretty fair amount of blood oh, all over the so place. And, uh, yeah, so it puts you in a different mindset. It definitely was uh, a really somber reminder of how dangerous that route could be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you guys all experienced the least. Well, we, we, we skipped a lot of it, but Pat was on because we took the like, kind of straight direct on the snow. That's what we tried to do. But even, so I I had heard this story from Pat even before I had done snow masses. So I always had a healthy respect, if not a little bit of fear of the mountain. And that actually happened with Colin and I, where we experienced some of those big shifting rocks. Mm-hmm. And the first one was, we had gotten lost in the willows around the lake, and we can kind of talk about that later on how some tips to navigate that. So I think that's the first trickiest part. But we ended up a little bit off route just on the other side of the lake coming up, 
and you you don't really have your cat feet on because you assume you're okay because you're like at the lake and you're not up in the on the ridge yet that stuff's super loose too and it's the sun's not up yet colin and i are both still with our headlamps i'll never forget it we were staggered like we should be didn't have our helmets on yet because we're like okay we'll do that when we start snow climbing if he had been directly under me he, he would have been crushed by this rock that was the size of a like an ottoman, like a chair ottoman. <laughs> yeah. And I, it had rained the night before, so all the loose ball bearing stuff was even a little bit looser. And I didn't even step on it because I know better. I stepped like two feet down into the right of it and the dirt under it gave way. And the whole rock just <laughs> and smashed into another rock. And you could see sparks because it was dark. The sparks flew out and we could see smoke and smell the ozone of the rock and we just like stared at each other we're barely up from the lake and we're like okay how fast can we put our freaking helmets on and it was we were, we were doing the smart thing we were only about eight feet apart and he was staggered below me but if he had been right under me and and that's this crazy part it was wrong place at the wrong time we weren't being stupid yeah a uh, little bit off route but there really is no route up that and so then we you know that that was the reason we had hauled so much gear up there crampons ice axe to do that as much of that route on the snow as we could but even still, there's a little bit of exposure and a little bit of the ridge that you have to navigate. Mm-hmm. And on our way back down, Colin grabbed a rock that totally normally wasn't doing anything wrong, but kind of put some weight on it. It was about the size of a refrigerator. And it just <clears throat> just shifted slightly. <laughs> and same thing, you could smell the ozone. But you don't think about, like on Capitol, nothing that big moves ah, yeah. that dramatically. But of. I think part of it was it rained for three days before that. And so all the dirt underneath was kind of like rotten and loose. But I've never experienced anything like that where something that looks so solid is just not. Like, yeah. how's that mountain at 14 or still? It should be. I don't know. So I that mountain still kind of freaks me out. I think that'd be low on my list of repeats unless I would like to ski it one day. Um, but the, the rock on that's some of the worst I've experienced. That's what the point of the standard is. When you're doing the standard, you're on that ridge for a long time. It's a dangerous rock. That's why the benefit of having it during when snow, you can skip a lot of that ridge. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Which just means, I don't know why you would do the S-ridge, because it's like... Yeah, I was going to say, does the S-ridge avoid, oh, avoid any of the rock, or is it just oh, no, bad it's, rock it's on the It's a lot side? more ridge. Oh. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I thought the rock on the ridge was actually really good. Oh. Um, I had We had researched some trip reports. Where I can't remember who wrote it, but someone was saying that like 95% of the rock is good, but like 5% is not good. <laughs> and that's what you have to watch out for. There's no way to tell. But how do you know? But I mean, we personally never experienced any loose rock. Like oh, we great. stayed pretty close to Ridge proper the whole way, maybe veered like, you know, maybe 10 feet off. Hmm. But we never really had any anything big that was loose. Um, just kind of your standard, you know, tester holes and everything. Does Middlebrook have a 14years.com have a root description on that? I think I it does. So. It's definitely in Roach's book. There's, there's I'm not also, sure about the .com. I think Bill's route is up the West Ridge, which Colin's a champ. He should be on this podcast. Shout out, Colin. But he, he repeated with me on that long, miserable standard route because he wanted to get the snow climb. When he did it for the first time, he had done the West Ridge with his wife, Kendra, and said the rock on it's It's a short, steep route, but the rock on that is just... 2,500 to 3,000 feet of that, those kind of like microwave-sized rocks that just shift Ooh. around on you randomly. On the, yeah. on the West Slope? West Slope, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's accurate. That's Where's terrible. that come from? Where's the trailhead for the West Slopes? It's the same. Same, right? It's the same. You just don't gain the ridge. You go Yeah, so we when we hiked the S Ridge, we actually descended the West Slopes because it's from that same trailhead. So it takes you back to the Geneva Lake. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, and okay. you're saying that those rocks were horrible. Yeah, they were terrible. 
So like the ridge itself was, in my opinion, was super secure and we descended the west slopes, which I mean, it wasn't like you were going to slip and like fall off a ridge, obviously, because it was on the slopes, but it was just like super loose. It was like dirt, which was beneath like scree, which was beneath the microwave sized rocks. What's it comparable to? Like the west slopes? Yeah. Like take some other 14 year section Um, or the the S ridge, both. I think the West Slopes is maybe similar to like that slope heading up Pyramid to the, the ridge. Field, like the coming from out the of amphitheater, the amphitheater to like yeah, that's the that's you get that from Snowmass Lake too. A real yeah. steep scree, washed out. It was kind of, kind of it was yeah. kind of similar, but the Snowmass it had bigger rocks on top of all that yeah. that you kind of had to step on. Mm. And did you just expect every time you're going to take a step that you're yep. going to move you know yep. a foot or so? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well. There was a lot of just, like, falling on your ass. <laughs> I bet. The other thing that kind of caught me off guard about Snowmass was the exposure on that ridge proper just below the summit. Like, I'm I'm middle of the road in terms of my exposure tolerance, I would say. Um, but that one, there's some pucker factor on that. I mean, you have the choice to kind of stay on that west side, spiral up to the summit. But we found ourselves on ridge proper right below, and there's some pretty high spice factor on that, at least, you know, when... It was covered in a little bit of ice right after a rainstorm. How would you compare that to the exposure on Capitals Ridge? Hmm. I not nearly as dramatic. Yeah. Because um, you're looking down at a snowfield, and there's something that I think eases that a little bit, and it's 700 feet versus 1700. So it's like either way, <laughs> you're gonna die if you fall. But there's something that's like 700 feet down to a snowfield feels less extreme. Mm-hmm. And I would say. The rock is similar. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. kind of that same contiguous ridge. I guess it just caught me off guard. When you go into Capitol, you're expecting exposure for two hours each way. Yeah. Snowmass, I'm like doing this beautiful snow climb, pop up on the ridge, do some scrambling, and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, this is a little airy. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I just didn't expect it. But you finished on that ridge, so what What are your thoughts compared to like Capitol? So the S ridge, it, it never even touched the standard route. It, oh, it really? intersected right at the summit. Yeah. Okay, I guess um, I didn't realize that. But yeah, I mean, going back to the S Ridge, I guess a little bit. I mean, one of the main reasons we did it actually was to pre- prepare for Capital. Okay, because I had yeah. researched that the S Ridge was very similar to the Capital Ridge, hmm. which you know I did the S Ridge first and then uh, Capital a few weeks later, and I I thought it was a pretty good, good comparison in terms of rock quality and same rock, that gray. Yeah, it's that, like it's that granite. Granite. So I thought they were pretty comparable. Obviously, a little bit more exposure on Capital, like you said. Um, yeah. Capital is just, in my mind, at least on the standard route, so much more sustained mm-hmm. than anything on Snowmass. You get a little bit of a taste of it. Or, you know, like on Pyramid, you get a little taste on a couple moves. But Capital, with that, that ridge, it's just, you know, at our pace, it was two hours of just gripping exposure, which was fun, and you get used to it. But when you're kind of scrambling and you feel protected and you peek out over the ridge and it's like well this is airy when you don't expect it that that momentary shot of exposure is i think a little freakier yeah in some aspects would you recommend doing the s ridge as a i don't want to say a warm-up to capital because it's in and of itself its own challenge but would you recommend kind yeah. of doing it in that order yeah i think so i mean i don't i think that capital is definitely a maybe a small step up from the s ridge but for me i was trying to work my way through like incremental difficulty 
And to me, like, I was still a little bit hesitant about Capital. I'm like, oh, I feel like I could do the S-Ridge, and then that would give me a little bit more confidence to do Capital. Okay. And that's kind of how it worked out, because, yeah, I mean, like we said, I think the exposure is a little bit more intense on Capital, but otherwise the climbing is very similar. Interesting. And so what's the, if you had a progression even before the S-Ridge, like, if someone was saying, Mm -hmm. oh, I think I want to do the S-Ridge, but what would be maybe a comparable step down from that Mm -hmm. to try? I did pyramid a couple weeks before the okay. S Ridge. Um, it's pretty different climbing, I would say, but I guess maybe if someone's trying to get used to exposure, uh, I think the exposure is more on, on the Snowmass Ridge than on pyramid. So, and that way you kind of get used to that Elk Rock as well. Yeah, because it's different. Like pyramid, you're in the gully, yeah. right? You're not on a ridge, a sustained ridge the whole time. Yeah, I've never done like the Kelso Ridge, but I would imagine that that would be, maybe be like a like a good warm up for those two for snow mass and capital i would say it's like a baby capital yeah i think i always don't take anything away from it but kelso ridge route is a good class introduction to class three i think good i really liked kelso ridge i really i I did enjoy that but there was that one stretch of kelso ridge that was loose fun climbing though what a great route yeah that is a great route so i wonder if you could do like a kelso ridge and then maybe pyramid Get used mm. to some of the rock, and then I would say do introduce yourself to Elk Range first. Yeah, gotta do Castle Conundrum first. I mean, you oh, could, sure, you yeah. could even go do Castle and just like try to make yourself find some class three moves, mm-hmm. which is definitely going to be easier than what's on Snowmass. But I mean, I think that would be a pretty good introduction. Is maybe finding a slightly harder line on like Castle. How mm. did you guys? I mean, what scares me so much about Snowmass, or not scares me, but intimidates me, is the approach is so long. I mean. From standard to Snowmass Lake, how long is that? Nine miles is what we logged Ugh. to the actual lake. To the lake, yeah, nine on the dot. And we got lost in the willows a little bit and meandered on our snow route, but I think we we were over the listed 22 by a few miles. Like, it was darn near 24, 25 when it was all said and done. But I think f- for us, like, I would, I really enjoyed the snow climb, and I think it's worthwhile because it's such a unique experience. And it helps you avoid some of that horrible rock on the west side and minimizes your time on the ridge. Um, I would almost be inclined to take more of a like a light set of crampons. Definitely need an ice axe because the glissade's a blast. Yeah, you need it. It's fun. Um, ice axe and crampons are recommended, but my pack was. I'm all about camp comfort. My pack was like 54 pounds, <laughs> and I and I and I brought semi-auto crampons. I've changed my ways now. My base is 16 pounds. Okay, <laughs> like an so, but that's a, that's a separate episode. But and, and the other thing I did that was a mistake was I brought uh, my Scarpa Zodiac Tech boots, which are kind of a three-season mountaineering boot with a super hard sole. Phenomenal for climbing, um, you know, kind of semi-steep snow um, with a semi-automatic crampon. So they were super secure on the snow, but no cushion. So nine miles in and nine miles out with a mountaineering boot and a 55-pound pack. Your feet. My feet had never been so swollen. Oh. And just I just beat myself up on that. Yeah. Um, so I think if I were to do it again, I would do like some sort of strap-on, crampon, ultralight kind of trail runner. And I think you could totally do it in a day and do it safely. Your biggest concern would be timing the snow. Mm. You, a day from you the would lake. want to leave it. You'd want you'd want to leave it one in the morning. No, I'd do it in a day from the trail. It's the most trailhead. Yeah. I had such a miserable time with with such a heavy pack, crampons, ice axe, helmet, all that, mm-hmm. like, um, and all the food and all the tent and just crap that you, you know, 
Um, it's a beautiful campsite, but I think if I, me personally, if I were to do it again, I would do a lighter, more cushioned shoe with a strap-on crampon and just leave it one in the morning, do the whole thing in a day. And you would have your ice axe no matter what for, for that sure. climb. Yep. And you would be comfortable, you're saying, in like a, a trail runner or just like a light hiking boot with strap-on Almost crampons? <clears throat> I will, you know, there are some people that skills exceed mine that could do it in a trail runner. You wouldn't want micro spikes. I mean, it's full-blown front-pointing snow climbing. Like you want, there was some parts where you were traversing over and you're French stepping and you want a pretty laterally stiff boot. So uh, I'm sure it's been done in trail runner. You know, I wouldn't venture to say micro spikes, but if you could do like a, you know, even something like a lightweight day hiker, um, with a set of strap-on crampons, I think you could do it. Hmm. Um, well, I'll tell you, I did it. I did it in micro spikes. <laughs> there you go. Oh, really? It's been done. You it's been done. Well, old school. I had a Jansport backpack, and <laughs> it was like like I just got off the school bus and got Sick. lost three times. Got on lost on the way there, as per usual. And now we, I think, I think part of the allure of 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 that for for me was this is this was one of my first like pack in you know, climb a 14 or, and, and we had snow and, and yeah, it, but I wouldn't recommend the micro spikes at all because they became virtually useless. Um, the, the higher we got to the ridge and luckily somebody had before, you know, kicked some boot steps in, but it was pretty sketchy. And then on the way down, they're absolutely useless because the, the snow was mush. It was warm. Um, uh, but you're glissading anyway, right? So you had ice axe too, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah I wouldn't do that without, um, uh, Never on snow without an ice axe. But yeah, the micro spikes. But we, um, you know, had I hindsight do it over again, I would I would wear a trail runners to camp just because it's such a long, it's, you know, eight, nine miles in, depending on where you camp. We camped below the lake because um, there are no fires up there, obviously. Yeah, we were the same thing. Uh, still, even way back when, they didn't allow it. So... And then just throw some boots with you if that's your style. You know, I, that was right around when I started getting away from hiking boots just because they destroyed my feet, got blisters. I didn't like the, mm-hmm. you know, the high top thing. So I, I switched over to some like morel hikers. And, um, but yeah, some crampons would have been, you know, delightful all the way up. And it is kind of like a, a bit of a quarter pipe effect where at least if you do the ridge direct route, it's mild, mild, mild. And you're like, mm-hmm. why the hell did I bring crampons? little steeper okay this is comfortable and by by the end we had a a finish on the cornice that year that was darn near vertical and um you know you can kind of we Colin and I actually were the first ones after that particular melt cycle that had gone up that way and so we were kicking steps and it was pretty much vertical and so you do want an actual full set of crampons you know for those who are curious about it if you are going to do that ridge direct route even though two-thirds of the way up you're like why do i have these things um yeah and i think you know timing the snow is super crucial too because mm-hmm. we were having a little bit of um roller balls and some very slight minor you know wet slide activity on the way down there were other people who had turned around that day because of it um and post hauling is also a concern on snow mass in particular did you guys read that trip report of a couple years ago that guy that post hold and basically flayed his calf completely off his leg on on snow mass because he was in shorts and trail runners and it was a little late in the day and kind of where where it's sporadic snow fields like this and then when you get to the edge of it in the middle it's super thick and dense you get to the edge and it gets thinner and thinner those little fingers that's where he busted through Mm -hmm. 
And anywhere else, it's fine. You know, if you're on, you know, Handy's and you post hole, it's no big deal. Or like us on San Luis Peak. But on Snowmass, those are like giant, like six foot razor blades sitting under the surface. And so yeah. he flayed his entire like calf off. Oof. And didn't have anything with him except a brand new Arcteryx shell that he used as like a tourniquet. It's an expensive tourniquet. Yeah, yeah. I remember him <laughs> saying he was kind of bummed. Again, sorry, forgive me. I can't remember who wrote that trip report. I'm, I'm glad you're okay. And it was a great kind of just, uh, you know, very introspective write up on what can go wrong and how quickly it can. But he had one bar of service, was able to call out. And I think he was bleeding out so fast that he was like starting to pass out and spent oh. the night out there. So a lot of weird stuff's happened on snow mass and even like things like post holing that you think are so inconsequential. Like when you're 10 miles back there um, and, and on snow, it can get kind of the difficulty and danger gets cranked up a little bit for yeah. me. Unfortunately, we didn't, we didn't have, I mean, it was, you know, we didn't have the snow that you had. So there was, I mean, there was definitely no post holing going on. It was just, to the point where you know you're at the last days of ski season, right? And you're in a, yeah, mm -hmm. Peppy's face, and you see the mud coming through. Like obviously we, we couldn't glissade from top to bottom. We would have the glissade stop because obviously you know because of the post, like you don't want to get too close to the rock, rock outcroppings, right? So we get up and then go to the next and then make another line, and so we had to kind of piece it together like a shoots <clears throat> and ladders kind of deal. What time of year is that? It was uh, end of July, like third, um, yeah, like the third week of July. Like it was 2011, average though. snow year, or do you remember high snow year? Um, you know, I don't remember, but it, I I do remember that um, there was no snow at all. You know, where the water, like at the lake, uh, yeah. where the you know the, the rock waterfall up to uh, you gain this the, the snow field. If you went that route, uh, there was no snow down there at all. So we were it was pretty average snow year, if I recall correctly, and it was uh, June 30th for us. And we didn't have any snow until about eleven, eight, or twelve thousand. And above that, it was great. Wow. But I would say that's about as late as I would go on an average snow year. Oh yeah, average snow because um, we were three weeks later than you and had more snow. Yeah, and we we had some good glissading. We glissaded for twelve hundred feet, but be, after that, I remember seeing pictures and it was just too patchy to string anything together. Um, so for those that are thinking about it timing wise, that's certainly a consideration. Um, and there's no shortage of people going up there who will post pictures and. Yeah. Here's what the log jam looks like. Here's conditions. So, um, yeah, just keep an eye on those trip reports. What were you going to say about the willows too down there mm. low on the on the? Has anyone gotten lost in the willows? I, John and I got lost in the willows. Like there's no standard route from like the beautiful Snowmass Lake Hagerman Snowmass view to get around the lake. That's there's like, like a bunch of like goat trails. Part of the like Snowmass rite of passage is trying to navigate that shit at three thirty in the morning. And, and, like, I feel like no matter which trail you pick, it always just kind of peters out into nothing. And you just have to bushwhack your way. And you're either, we're, like, bushwhacking too high or, like, the one, like, ended in the water. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the route we took. We, we were, like, literally along the bank, and then it wove its way through the willows and then just dead-ended at a wall of willows. Yeah. Um, I have heard if you, and on our way back we did this, stick higher than you think you need to. Like, it looks like the trail just goes to some other campsites, but that's actually a trail that stays a bit higher. Okay. Because that ha route has to go over that pass, right? The What's that pass by Hangerman? The second part of the four-pass loop. Buckskin? That's Buckskin. Yeah, Buckskin goes back to North Maroon. Then it's Willow Pass, right? Uh, it's trail, trail Rider. Named. <laughs> trail Rider or Trail Rider? It's got to be Trail Rider. Okay. 
It's trail, trail right past. Right, okay. It would take you to. It would take you from Dumas Lake to Geneva Lake. So I will say, now that I'm thinking about it, that's one place that I've been really disappointed to have trail runners because I was up to my ankles in mud through there, through those willows. So I was glad to have good boots through there too. That's, and while we're on gear, question, all of these peaks you need bear, right? Bear yeah, canister or bear bag, anything. Really yeah. Yep. yeah, so Even in the Geneva Mar- Lake side too? Yep, yeah, we camped within the wilderness area. Okay, so anywhere so in the wilderness, you people who are curious, you do need it. It's a bear important. canister or a bear ursac. canister or an ursac. So, should we talk about? Did you do a bear canister? I had or, a canister. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and you and you had a canister at the time, or a yep, ursac. I had a canister at the time. I do an ursac now, um, just for weight and honestly space in the pack. Yeah. But um, we, I think we've talked about this in prior episodes. But we, when we were at Capital, ran into that Ranger Rick. I don't know if that's his name. <laughs> you it's know, his name now. Rick. It's just, it, nice Rick enough, you know, but. He was, was he was cutting down trees and um, stopping people and asking them if they have a bear canister. And he was calling people on their bluffs. There was a party that was like, yeah, we got it. It's in our pack. He's like, do you mind taking it off and pulling it out for me? Yeah, I'd like to see it. And totally uh, caught them in the middle of a little fib and sent them back to their car. Highly recommend uh the Ursac is awesome. Yep, I have the Ursac Almighty, which is good against critters. You have the Major, which is just for bears, which is just been for great. bears. Yeah, it, the so the difference is yours is a little bit more critter proof. They can't gnaw through yours. Mine's pretty much just strictly bear proof. Like if a critter, can, like, if a critter gnaw. really wanted to get through it, so you kind of need to have a liner that is um, scent proof. Scent proof. So they they also or hang it. Right. Well, I hang it. All, yeah, you have to hang it huh. in order to make it bear proof or critter proof. But to have a liner in there that kind of keeps the smell out was yep. a really good way to do it. But That's just a, a heads point. up on the gear, make sure you have. Yeah, if you're something. nine miles in and you see a ranger up there, they will call you on your bluff and they will turn you around. <laughs> right. We've seen it happen. So yeah, exactly. That's a really, really. And the Aspen, they you can you can get them. I think you rent them or they give them rentals from the Aspen uh, Ranger Station. Hey, for any of our listeners that want to support the non-standard 14er podcast, visit Short Ropes Etsy page at CO Experience Posters and pick up a sticker, decorate your Nalgene. Yeah, one thing I did want to mention in, you know, in regards to, um, to gear and snow levels is that from the S Ridge, you know, facing the, the southern and, and western aspects, mm. there weren't like a lot of trip reports that I was able to see because we hiked in early July. Okay. And so we didn't have a lot of trip reports to know what the snow was like. Um, so I actually carried an ice axe just because I really had no idea. <laughs> but by fair. the time I got there, like, there was no snow anywhere on the trail or anywhere nearby. Wow. Wow. And so I imagine that everything was totally melted out by mid to late June on that south on side. On that aspect. Wow. And so what is your, I mean, this this route is sounding more tailor friendly. I don't know. To me, because I like, I don't mind the exposure. Like the I don't like the loose stuff. Would you go down the S Ridge? If I went back, I would. You would? Huh. It took us longer to descend the West Slopes than to ascend the S Ridge. You're descending something you already ascended, so you know a little bit. Well, no. Well, yeah, if you do, yeah. That's what you would do. We're going fresh down the West Slopes. You didn't have never been on the route, so. There wasn't really any route finding. I mean, you could see exactly where you needed to go, but it's just Hmm. every single step sliding, it just took forever. Down the West Slope. Down the West Slopes. Why not go up the West Slope? 
Well, that's what it's not as fun scrambling. Yeah, so better class three, class a couple, yeah. class four moves. Yeah. Well, not Westlip is what Colin and Kendra did, right? And they yeah, so they it was said heinous. it. They said it was heinous. They said, I mean, it was much shorter. I think it was like nine miles or something. Yeah. And I'm always, you know, a, a little bit of that shorter stuff appeals to me because I don't want to be so taxed by the time you're actually on the difficult climbing route, which is why the nine mile approach just to get on Snowmask is scary, but. They said that shorter route up the West Slopes was just so much work and was so hard because every step they took felt like one step forward, two steps back because you were just fighting gravity, basically, on that face. Yeah, if you don't mind, of you know, a couple hours of solid class three and four scrambling, I would I would totally recommend just going up and down. The sounds S-ridge. like it's last. Yeah, yeah, I know that sounds good. These people have died on the S Ridge though. It's not. Oh, okay. It's a gnarly. I wasn't right. aware of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you are. Now you are. Now you are. Would you that's still do this? The oh, yeah. No, no, that's a different route from Hag- the Centennial Hagerman. Does that. So for the S-Ridge, do you, you still are doing an overnight somewhere? Uh, yeah, or so you, you, you can camp at Geneva Lake. You don't have to from where we parked, which, you know, any four-wheel drive vehicle could get to in Crystal. It's like 13, 14 miles and like 5,000 feet of gain. Mm. So it would be a long day. For sure. Um, but, I mean, Geneva Lake is beautiful. So if you have time to pack in the night before. Um, it's worth it. Let's do the pros and cons. Let's argue. I was Let's just going to say. argue our routes. Good. We all four did different Defend routes. it. <laughs> Defend. Because he has the Crystal Mill, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Legendary and isn't there, isn't there hot springs near in, anywhere near Carbondale or Marble? Um, or? I think so, but I think the Stop big. trying to make up pros. I think the big list. draw for Marble <laughs> is the uh, slow grooving barbecue. Oh, I don't know that. You can tell head. us about yeah, this. So, <laughs> so in Marble, right off of the highway there, um, it's like the only restaurant in that entire area hmm. is a barbecue joint. Um, so after after hiking, after a day and a half of climbing Snowmass, that's a pretty sweet place to go. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So that's pro. Okay. Hard to beat. Barbecue place, Crystal Mill on the approach side. Half, less the, people. half the distance. And less people. Half the distance, less people. Half the distance. Oh, the will, longer, longer drive, like a slog on that four-wheel uh, drive. Long road. drive. Mm-hmm. Well, we're still in the pros column, right? Oh, we are. I'm, yes. I'm trying to shit on this. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to bring it back down. A peg I think. It, I mean, I think it's great scrambling. I mean, that's the most fun I've like sustained scrambling I've had on any 14er route. Nice. Really? Okay. okay. On the S Ridge. I'll throw some in the pros category for the standard route, um, with the caveat of standard route direct ridge direct finish. What's ridge direct? Um, it's like okay, so, ridge. So you get up to about uh, where, where it kind of benches out at like 13-ish. I'm making that up, but it feels like about 13. And then you it kind of forks, and you would go left a little lower in the saddle for the standard route. But if there's snow, there it kind of like goes up and to the right directly toward the summit, and you only are a couple hundred feet below the summit, and there's kind of these gendarmes and a cornice that's about... 20 feet wide between two gendarmes that you aim for and it's a fun steep but but gradual snow climb and it takes you 200 feet below the summit so if there's snow um then then that's definitely preferable because you spend less time on the ridge and then you get to glissade down yeah i was gonna say pro list for yours is the pro list is a unique snow climbing opportunity a lot of people um it's it's a great entry-level snow climb a lot of people don't want to venture out in march april may to get snow climbs on a lot of the other 14ers, you can get up there in, in June and early July and get a phenomenal proper snow climb, which is a blast. So it's a very unique experience. I think 
doing it that way, you would minimize your time on the ridge. Yeah, these. Chris has just pulled up a picture. Um, that's like mm-hmm. all the ridges left because I came up. Yeah. Yep. That's when, you, about... when you do the direct s- snow mass, you come up this like right mm-hmm. here. Right. Yep. There's an right, entrance point right there. there. Bonus points for the cutoff. You're only on that. <laughs> for those of you who for the cutoff shorts, yeah. for those that can't see the yeah, picture, exactly. that really was like nice. when we were doing arms day every Friday. Yeah, that was pretty. Nice. <laughs> but I was I was surprised how little ridge was left if you do the what you're, you're saying the, ridge direct. These are like the rocks that Colin pulled on that just shifted. Like these are all loose to me. So like anything I, that I looks go like a refrigerator or smaller yeah. may oh, yeah. potentially move on. So, That's so just it. this ridge to me, and and when we did it, it rained, like I said, so it was covered in ice, so a little spooky. For me, I just couldn't wait to get back to the snow fast. You couldn't get me back there fast enough. So the snow is a blast. I think, yep, there's a gendarmes there, so you aim for that. Hmm? There's this, like, gap, yep. and you just aim for it. But when we did it, this was all filled in, so we just glissaded that. That's, this isn't fun for our listeners, though, because they can't see. Right, because you can't see. You can just... So, but that's more like what it was like for for me. Spot. I think Snowmass Lake is breathtakingly beautiful to get up there. And eat your dinner and watch the sun go down on Snowmass Lake is one of the most um, like iconic Colorado views. And we did it in the middle of the week. And so like Grand Central Station of backpacking in Colorado, Snowmass Lake, had like two other people in it. So it was just, it was a really neat experience. It was really beautiful. Um, I think it's really rewarding to do a route that's that long on mm-hmm. a standard route. Uh, I think the log jam is unique. There's just a lot of fun chapters to it and then to, to get to walk through like at least six miles of just sustained wildflowers on a gentle trail because it's like flat until you get mm-hmm. to the log jam for you know six miles so it this it was is, fun a lot in the pro column for yeah that's a lot in the pro column this is going to be a blonde question but snow mass is the snow mass that you're climbing on that's the namesake right that is the snow mass yeah that the whole the valley is just like a so that's cool. That's another pro, is that you're actually climbing the namesake of the yeah. mountain. Yeah, there you go. He didn't the climb snow the snow mass. mass of snow mass. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I didn't see it until I was on the summit. <laughs> okay, there you go. Exactly. Like, Where's all the snow? Yeah. The, not to take anything away from people who haven't done it, but it is kind of a rite of passage of like, this is a long kind of arduous route. Um, I don't know. I think if I were to do it again, though, I would do it in April or May when I could leave from the car with skins on and just ski the mm-hmm. whole thing. But th- you those are my twice. Hmm? No, just once. So that's a huge day then. Mm-hmm. The summit day and then the eight mile, nine mile, fifty four pound pack. Yeah, I did in three days. I can't three nights. But we also did North Maroon. That's right. You guys were because also the Snowmass Lake is a part of the four pass loop, so that's why you have so many people down there because mm-hmm. everyone's and now it's permitted probably, but everyone's camping at Snowmass Lake because they're doing the loop. We only, yeah, we only camped one night. We did like 11 miles the first day because we had like three lost miles <laughs> and then um, just below the lake and then the whole up and down and then all the way out. And you yeah. camped once. Yeah, just one Some, night. night you went out, packed yep. camping. Yeah, it was like four miles from, from the trailhead to Geneva Lake one way. And then from the campsite, it was like eight miles round or like seven miles round trip. Do you guys have anything to add to the pros column, the standard route? Log jam is fun. Makes for cool photos. I was going to say, I have a pro for his, just like yours is the uh, climbing the actual snow mass. His also takes the namesake of the podcast of a non standard route. That's true. Non standard routes are cool. Non standard routes are a little punk rock. It's like, yes, they are. 
<laughs> yeah, little punk rock. Yeah. in the Southwest Ridge on Snapple's. 80s punk rock like, or 90s punk rock? Like more like rancid, you know? Like a little <laughs> spicy, but too much glue in the hair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I mentioned that earlier, but I mean, we saw only two people that's on, a, on a Saturday. That's awesome. Oh, that's July. different. Yeah, that's prime. I think we have a winner. Ah, yeah. that's a pretty... Okay, know. wait, wait, cons. But you also haven't done North Maroon, so let me, let me throw my pitch. All right, pitch me. You haven't done North Maroon, and you haven't done Snowmass. And so you do what we did. You come in Snowmass Lake, camp at Snowmass Lake, do Snowmass the next day, do Buckskin Pass, amazing views because you can see Capitol and Snowmass from Buckskin Pass. They're insane. And then you start seeing North Maroon. And then camp at North Maroon is a high camp. But And then do North Maroon. And you're carrying your overnight pack to summit Snowmass? No. No, because you hike into Snowmass Lake. Yeah. Your tent and pack oh, is there. Oh, I see. Okay. Next day is summit, Snowmass, come back, camp. Yep. Third day is over Buckskin Pass. Fourth day is meet Pat at three in the morning on North yeah. Maroon. Slept, slept see, in the parking lot. So you've had back before they, yeah, yeah, this is back before <laughs> they charged. Yeah. Uh, it was not, it's, I mean, moving from Bucks, okay. Buckskin Pass is probably eight, nine mile day. Didn't you do the four ahead. pass loop? Didn't you guys do the four pass loop as part of that trip? Or was that the... No, Sean did the four pass loop. We just did... One pass loop. You just did yeah. a one, one pass, fourth of the pass quarter. Loop. One pass one lollipop. Pass quarter loop. <laughs> not, yeah, it wasn't even a loop. It's just a lollipop. But you feel pretty badass then coming down okay. with the ice axe in the oh. west Mar- Maroon Lake. Well, well he, he, he carried his ice axe too. Yeah, I totally didn't need to, but but nobody knows that. Like, yeah, no one, no one saw me carrying it. And it tinkles so nicely. You could have been up there doing the like... Iger, and they would have been like, yeah. yeah. Most of the people that are rolling mm-hmm. through there don't know. Yeah, you know the. That's right. It did make trail, for some pretty so. badass photos. See? Okay. And ice axe with no snow around you. <laughs> like, I mean, looking back yeah. at all these. <laughs> you guys got ice axe and Crocs. What is he doing? Like, do you realize how far I had to travel to find snow to use this thing? So I just found a piece of piece by the creek so I could chop yeah, it up. Exactly. But it's, it's, you know, looking back, and I th- I, spent, I did so many 14 as I was young, it was like the drive through the night, climb it, get home, and just realize that you're checking boxes at that point. Right. And I think the, the benefit of hindsight here for me is the approach was so much of it now. Yeah. Thinking like Snowmass offers that, regardless of where you go. You can do your sure. approach to Geneva. You can do your approach to Snowmass Lake. The more time you can spend there, the better. You know, yeah. Stifler, like in my estimation, he wins because he spent three days out there. Right. Yeah. He yeah. spent two days. Jay spent like five minutes. No. <laughs> <laughs> he like just like an animal up and down. Geneva Lake is, you know, yeah. one of the most beautiful spots yeah. in the state. Is the Crystal Mill. I mean, yeah, you could you can make that a, a one day trip, or you can make it a, a three day trip. Um, it, it's short enough to where you could push it if you really had to be in and out in a day. But I mean, yeah, the camping around there is just beautiful. So you could, you could spend really a couple days it. back there. Why yeah. not? But the standard on Hagerman Centennial is Geneva Lakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that could be our trip. Oh, I see. If we wanted to get a Centennial, and be in Geneva Lake and see Crystal Mill, and then if you want to do the S Ridge, mm. there's a 13er oh, back there too, yeah. Siberia. Oh. That's a cool one. Oh, I didn't know that. Just mm-hmm. west of Snowmass. Hmm. Cons. Is it one of the 13.6? No, it's like it? I think it's like thirteen four. Okay, I'm not as familiar with that one. There's some waterfalls back there too. Ooh, waterfalls. also pro, also pro. But there is a cool waterfall right at the four mile mark. You can like look up the valley, and it looks like you're in Switzerland. Oh. On the it's standard, the next valley over, oh. and it is 
pretty epic. So we have a waterfall on that side too. Okay. So, well, so cancel yeah. that. <laughs> Both wow. waterfalls. I think it so sounds my heart like it's being torn. I think on Snowmass you can just uh, pick your route and it's gonna yeah. be awesome either way. It sounds it's like much so. Better. It's hard to so, like it's like ugly on the one side and yeah, exactly. Gorgeous from the front. Right. <laughs> we should hash out some of the I don't want to say cons but drawbacks of each route. Don't want to leave listeners hanging. I would I'll, I would definitely camp twice in Snowmass. That's not a con. Eight miles in. <laughs> He's saying what we did was a con. I need a three-day weekend. Really like okay. well, what are the cons, Chris? Well, the three words I would use. <laughs> no, Chris, I totally... <laughs> Snowy, uh, granite, and Massy. epic. Epic. Iconic. Yeah. Iconic. Wait, okay, so you're saying the con, though, is because you would want to stay three nights. You, you have to weekend. have a long weekend. I, you need a long weekend because then you can... Day one is you know long pack in. You can start in the afternoon, three o'clock, four o'clock. Still pack in. I was fortunate enough to do it on a weekday, and I would say it'd be a major tick in the con column to do it on a Saturday. Okay. It would be. I've heard it just horror stories of snowmass like being so crowded. Because I think you have a lot of four pass loopers. Yeah. And then you have uh, we we had a gal that was our first fourteener. What on snowmass? Oh my and gosh. the guy he was with it was like one of the, like he had like forty or something. He was always had like finished fever, and like snagged her to go along, and then ditched her. <gasps> and got oh. it, went ahead on the ridge, and she was like crying. Oh poor thing. So we had the short rope. <laughs> wow. <laughs> short rope is the girl, and then gave her. I gave her my short rope because wow. we met him on the guy on the summit. And then so we got his name. He's used that line she before, was, I think. Too. <laughs> You need to abandon she, someone she, anywhere. She hiked up. Mountain. She hiked up with us and fit somebody with us. Is this a con? It's just a story. Of don't <laughs> abandon people on snowmass. Yeah. Oh, that's so scary yeah. for her. And then we we st- we hung around the lake for like hours for them to come down because I wanted my short rope back. Oh. And they just like gave my. They didn't even say thank you. No <laughs> way. Like, yeah. Well, that is a con. Okay. <laughs> so people. So Shitty we, so people. So I think we. So I think we've arrived at. People and crowds of people. Those are the two you cons. Run into the crowds of people in the Etheridge. No, and I did the state around over a decade ago, which it wasn't. There wasn't hardly anybody there. So how long ago did you do it? <laughs> I would say the length can deter some people. <laughs> yeah, it's big no, on the front. You it's a big day. You can't just like I don't know, <laughs> do snow mass. We're we're comfortable shoes. Like you know, the mountain boots are a trade off, right? But. Have good insoles if you do. I don't know. I'm I'm Cons. pretty dialed with my gear, and I made a mistake on that bringing those boots. So that ties into the length. The length of that is a con. con. I think can be for some people. Yeah. Was your ultralight gear now? Would you? Your tent. My exact setup. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. I could do. I've you know shaved a few pounds off my tent, a few pounds off my bag, moving to a quilt. So I I would bring less just. Camp chair, Crocs, like all that crap. So it went from 54 to 53 pounds? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Shaved (laughs) my ultralight glass bottle of Yukon Jack. Now, here's the thing. I like like to get like uh, a little lighter with my base weight so I can make room for things I like, like my Crocs and my camp chair and a nice big thing of whiskey. Like, I'm not trying to cut corners on my food and my drinks. So, okay, what was the question? (laughs) <laughs> I'm pulling Chris here. I'm, I'm off route. This discussion, Mr. Karen, we're way off trail. We're on the wrong path. The talk is starting to derail. The convo is now in the wrong basin. And we're totally off route. So let's get it back to the mountain that this podcast is all about. So back to Snowmass. So back to Snowmass. <laughs> and the con list. We're still battling out the cons. 
length on the standard route is a big Could one. Could be a deterrent. Yeah. People, it seems like it has a shorter, like, ideal hiking season when the yeah. snow is good mm-hmm. before it mets out. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, hey, you have to con your own route. Well, like, yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to slide that in there. Because you, no. you could see that's a good con. Because you could get yeah. you could post hole. Yeah. You could rip I, I would off. say, arguably, more objective hazard on that route with if you're not um, educated on snow, and you know, even in June, avalanche safety, wet slides, and how to time snow, mm-hmm. and what to look out for, um, and you know, proper techniques with self-arresting. I mean, there are a lot of moving pieces that if you're not Educated on that can can really up the objective hazard factor on that route. And that was one of my deterrents, I guess, for the standard. Is just, I just don't have a lot, or I didn't have a lot of experience snow climbing. Yeah. And like I felt like I could have been safe, but it just seemed like one more, as you say, objective hazard mm-hmm. that I would have to deal with. And so to me, I mean, obviously I was kind of preparing for capital, but it just seemed like just the dry ridge was a safer option for me. Yeah. Yeah, that the con that to me the cons are kind of the same on all of them. It's like a loose rock on the standard, depending on the time of year. If you can't utilize so much of the snow, then you know. But that's a reality on most mountains, right? Is is there's there's going to be loose rock anywhere that you don't think can be. It can be, and uh, this one just I think it's an eye opener when you feel such large boulders move vibrate below your feet that oh wow okay if this were to go so uh but you're not going to avoid that on the s ridge right you know any any rock any given day so uh but otherwise it it sounds like i agree you can even pick your route and it's all about timing and being prepared and yeah being in the right mindset are you going at it car to car you know or are you are you trying to get an experience out of it to you know spend mm-hmm. back country are you trying to get your short rope out to peeps i mean <laughs> gotta show that short rope to yeah. gotta do it who determines the winner is the one who hasn't done it yet based on our factors i'll admit there's we- more in for my route because oh. you got a reservations for west maroon <laughs> excuse me <laughs> <laughs> to link north maroon and Stomass is a different trip because now you have to get reservations and you got to do the shuttle and you got to pay for the parking. Right. If you could, can't, it's easy to get the Snowmass Trailhead. Bag Snowmass, over Buckskin, and you do part of this four-pass loop and have amazing views of Snowmass from that loop. Mm. And then camp another day and then do North Maroon. Were you just toasted, though? Were you so tired? Because that's a that's honestly... We have a day, but next to the second day is a yeah. just over the past day, so you can yeah. sleep in. Okay. Move your camp. Hmm. I really love it all. I really do. Which we, route are you going to choose? Which route are you doing? <laughs> Seriously, I don't know. Well, I would the the con of the S route, or excuse me, the pro of the S route that I would think is being able to bring Jace on a a route that he hasn't done yet. Nice. And so that would be a pro that for us be because you know it would be something neither of us have done. And uh, I don't know. I think I'm not as confident on the snow climbs as you are. I think you have snow in your veins so it's comfortable for you in that way um so yeah i don't know i think the estrage kind of sounds like an interesting thing for us to try maybe next time or over the fort over the quarter quarter loop (laughs) just tack it on while we do the four pass loop this summer Mm -hmm. with aubrey yeah shout out aubrey are you gonna do the four pass loop (laughs) do you think reservations now 
Not to my knowledge. I know they're talking about it. I don't think it's past uh, it. I don't know. I think... I, I, Maybe this one stage, of our listeners can comment or, or yeah. write in and let us know Help someone us. who knows better. Yeah, I think there's a trail from <clears throat> near Geneva Lake that you can go like east. I think through Robert Basin it is there. Mm-hmm. Robert's yeah. pretty, so pretty. And so I mean, I, depending on how many uh, I guess of the passes you want to do, I think that that could be a starting point. I think I read a trip oh. report on that. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. I was hoping you were going to make your decision before we did the cons of the. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> sure. He's hiding his cons. I know, he's hiding his cons. They haven't told you the worst of it. Yeah, I thought your cons. I think there were two big cons, and it's kind of funny. My experience on Snowmass was one of like extremes. I think the approach and the scrambling were like top two favorite favorite oh, approach, favorite good. scrambling. But the west slopes was just terrible. It's mm. like if you're gonna do it, I would definitely recommend going up and down the S Ridge. And there is, uh, depending on how familiar you are with the route, there is this little gully that you have to ascend to get up to the ridge, which is pretty nasty. Um, I mean, it's like class two, and it's it's only a couple hundred vertical feet, but it was just a really loose gully where there were some decent-sized rocks that could come loose. Um, not much exposure, just, you know, you're able to pull a rock down to your ankle, that kind of thing. That reminds me of the little snuffles. Yeah, it was kind of like Sneffels. That little route, that little... So that kind of sucks. So, like, I guess getting up and down from the ridge was not fun at all. But once you're on the ridge and the approach was just, like, top-notch. Are you exposed to weather, though, when you're you're on the ridge? Because no bail option. Um, Yeah, there's not... I mean, there's there's several goalies that go down back toward um, the west side. um, That you could... Yeah, that you could probably descend if you had to, but it it would be pretty nasty. If you were to javelin a like a trekking pole, <laughs> say like in a lightning storm, how f- do you think you could throw that further than say like from Mount Wilson? Like, what what do you think the distance would be from Mount Wilson? Like near the top, like five feet below the summit. Someone yeah, probably has like my that. trekking pole. Someone probably has. I imagine like an orphan found my trekking poles. If any of you inspired. have, <laughs> hey, I got here right. You got. What did he Wilson, say man. again that led you to believe he said throw it? Was he like, I don't know? And you're like, I said, did you say throw. We, we planned to cross from El Diente to Wilson and then go back the easy way, and I didn't know where to descend because he had researched the route and it was lightning, and I said, bat like crackling, like the rocks were buzzing. Like, hair on her neck standing up. Like, I peek my head over the summit block and... Zzz, da, 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 like, the rock... We're about to get struck. Yeah, so I was like, like yeah. What should I, I said, what should I do with my trekking poles? And then Sean thought, I just said, which way should I go? And he said, go down the gully. And I heard, throw him down the gully. That's right. Like an Olympic javelin. I love just blind, like, yeah. Oh, it was like two seconds. Oh, if the U.S. Olympic team like javelin captain was there, he'd have been like, "This guy is going. We're taking him to the Summer Olympics." And then you and I descended two thousand feet in a matter of twenty minutes, like running down this thing. And Sean, like our 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 mentor, our Mr. Miyagi, gets us down there, and he's like, "You two idiots, just put yourself in more danger by the way you descended that <laughs> than lightning would ever be." 
Yeah. You guys are being idiots. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> Says the guy that puts his ice axe up in a lightning storm. Yeah. Best job I ever had. <laughs> you know, but um, it, it should go out without saying, but I should say this. We do fully endorse Leave No Trace principles. <laughs> Shit. But Chris has left a trace on yes. Mount Wilson. So then you can find a trekking pole. I, I pack out my shit, though, so. To argue my pros here of doing, oh, so doing buckskin pass. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who said we could do photos? Yeah, There's buckskin pass looking at North Maroon. That's man. really pretty. And then you, you get the that look backwards, whoa. back towards Snowmass, so you're just there the day before, and then you oh, see you Capitals Knife Finish. Yeah. You have to go all the way over there. It's that? a long way. It's a full day. That's why. I, I'm exhausted just looking at that picture. Some of the waterfalls. Oh, that's. Oh, so really you're doing pictures now. Well, we gotta, <laughs> you're, 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 we gotta be fair here. <laughs> oh. Okay, so we've showed a picture. You gotta show a picture to argue. Oh, your I case. have seen. <laughs> but your pictures of your camp night, of your dinner view, was. Okay, yeah, you have to show that picture though, because that's just ridiculous. Look at this. That's where I ate my shitty freeze dried meal. That's pretty awesome. Okay, wait, but going back. Okay, so there's this. There's a refrigerator. <laughs> That's on the top of Snowmass, <laughs> right? And it's, it's a, this boulder. It's a diving board. Or... It's not even a refrigerator. It's like a... Yeah. Like an ottoman. No, it's like a taller and pointier. It's like okay. a ironing board. But <laughs> it's, it's like probably this. the high, It's probably, I don't know, what would you say, maybe five feet tall? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and so touching it is okay. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I want to see it. It is. It looks like the... Looks like oh. the maybe the... Fit on the back of an air, like a jet. But it's not, it's not really... Fit on the back of jets is probably the best thing I've heard. Okay, so you stood on the top. There we go. Okay. There's so he it. None of us did. But were you, <laughs> so, were you worried about that rock moving at all? Um, there was... No. It's pretty solid, <laughs> if I remember. Like, it's... It was flat. It was pretty flat below it, too. Like, yeah, you could fall, but you're not going to, like, fall. You're just going to go a couple you're feet. Gonna, you're going to tumble over and brush yourself off. I don't know, it looked pretty heavy to me. (laughs) We didn't do it. Oh, there we go. These rocks were covered in ice, but yeah, there's... Oh, yeah. Here you go. Oh, nice, yeah. True summiter. Yeah. That's basically what we did was, like, lean up on it. Here's a mark in the pro category for any of the glissaders out there. Look at that bitchin' glissade. That is a bitchin' glissade. That is a long... Oh, yeah, you had a lot more coverage. Would you ever carry your splitboard that far, eight miles in, to be able to ski from the summit to Snowmass Lake? Ooh. Well, what is it? Two thousand? That is so descent? brutal. I don't think I. I would want to do it in like early May when I could just skin the whole damn thing. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't carry that back there like, just not, to do that one snow like mass. No. You don't think there's a guy? You take your skins off though, and like go over rocks and go over. Ri- oh, sure. Trees. Yeah, I doubt. I'm, I'm sure you don't get. Then you got top to bottom. All that avalanche risk. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're you're traveling on snow, but which route? Are you inclined to do? Which- uh, I think I, I'm really I I I am truly torn. I think you guys have all made really good cases for both. And you gotta do one. I I think the only reason I would pick, I think I would pick the south, S route, not south mm-hmm. route. That's really? F- S route. I did learn this, yes. but really That's because I south. think it would be fun for you and I to do a route you haven't done. And like Geneva. What if you and were by H- yourself? And, Hagerman. and I love Crystal Mill. Right. Put your put yourself in like somebody else's like. Mm-hmm. You know, position. Position when you, you're like Jace isn't there. Mm-hmm. You're just Tajak. Get rolled in from. She had to solo it. 
Yeah. Tonight. Like, what would you sell? Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to leave right now. <laughs> wow. I know. I think if I was if I was a listener and I was thinking about doing this, I think I would maybe be inclined to do the standard route just because it's so. It is the snow mass. Like I think there's something to be said for climbing the snow mass and well, glissading the snow mass. Direct. Rich direct. I think I, I, yeah. So. Yeah. So I think. From that perspective, you know, uh, there's a lot of good scrambling out there on a lot of really good peaks. There's not a lot of good snow climbs on a lot of those peaks. Especially in July. Especially in July and especially on a standard route. And so I think if I was approaching it from just someone who is listening, I would totally recommend the standard route because it sounds like an absolute blast and the glissade looks absolutely incredible. I think the only reason I would pick that personally would just be so Jason and I could do something different. Mm -hmm. That's good. Would you link it to the four-pass loop? I think you'd... Yeah, I think so. The hardest part, in my opinion, is getting to the lake. And so if you, you know, wanted to, you wouldn't want to do the four-pass loop with an ice axe and, and crampons, but if you could figure out some way to make that work logistically yeah. or do it when it's totally dry, it would be an easy just up and back from the lake. Which way would you redo it? Great question. Well, because I needed to get Hagerman. So I'm thinking I'm definitely in the come from... Geneva Lakes. I never seen Crystal Mill. Yeah. I would get Hagerman and I'd do Snowmass again on the same trip. So I probably would lean toward S Ridge one day. Uh, standard on Hagerman from Geneva Lakes the second day. Take like three days to camp. Hmm. I'd probably be with you on that trip, so that'd be mine. I would honestly redo both. Well, not redo both, but I think I would redo the Geneva side. Hmm. Just go up and down the S Ridge. Maybe take a little bit more time camping and just taken in the scenery mm-hmm. but yeah i mean i feel like the standard is pretty classic so i definitely want to do that at some point mm-hmm. i also just have this kind of pipe dream of skiing <clears throat> snow mass one day mm-hmm. yeah, it's the way i wanted to do it from the beginning and i tried to figure out a way to make it work but i but think it would be your so cool. like gear you could put your slipboard and be lighter than what you were i, I bet. bet you're right so, you know, and there's you could like split the difference and go in like late May, early June and probably only have to walk in four miles and then skin from before the lodge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Split, split the difference. Split the difference. Yeah. Nice. Splitboard jump. That's the name of the uh, route. Episode. <laughs> and episode. <laughs> I would think I would just go in May and ski it with Jace and then go back out in cool. summer and do the S right. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Do both of them. That's perfect. If you can't decide, just do it all. I would like to go around the table and do one piece of advice for for Snowmass hopefuls and three words that you feel best summarizes. And then for Taylor, who hasn't done it yet, what you're most looking forward to Mm. with Snowmass. Okay. And you can also do three words because you've seen all the photos. Mm. You've heard all the stories. Okay, if I come up with three, I'll do. All right. Who wants to go first? A piece of advice. Do a three-day weekend. Camp three times. Do part of the four-pass loop, or at least don't do one night. And then have to do a summit night, and then pack out. Do a hike in, camp, summit, camp, hike out. Mm. Nice. At least two nights in in a tent. Minimum. Three nights, even better. And your three words? Watershed. This is my watershed. Really? This is your watershed peak? Yeah. Well, and North Maroon. Once we got those two, I knew I could finish. 
Good for you. So watershed is specific to Stonemass for me. I'm sorry, is that two words? That's a I'm just kidding. Word, I believe. <laughs> I'm not playing one word fishbowl rules. <laughs> okay. Sorry, watershed. Watershed picturesque. I put I put nice. the I put the uh Photo from Snowmass Lake and Hagerman and Snowmass on my the book I produce for my company every couple of years. That was the cover photo. And memorable. Mm. Watershed, picturesque, memorable. Nice. nice. I would say, I think I've already gotten my advice out, but if I were to distill it down, it would be <clears throat> really pay attention to the weight of your pack on this one. You know, the average non-ultra runner is not going to do this in one day. So there aren't a lot of 14ers that, that would be good to count ounces on. And this is actually probably one of them mm. um, where you, you may want to consider leaving the camp chair at home, you know, um, seeing what you can do to get your base weight down a little bit. Um, but then also don't skip on the safety equipment on that. Bring your helmet, bring your ice axe, bring good crampons and be educated on how to, how to read the snow and time it well. And it's a blast. So just pay attention to what you're packing on that one. That's a good um, point. Every route's a helmet route. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Even on snow. Um, I think that should go without saying, but even on snow. Um, so, and then my, my three words would be long. Because <laughs> there's, there's no way around it. The standard route's just long. Um, uh, I would say Classic. Because it is just so, you come up to Snowmass Lake, you see the cat ears, you see Hagerman. I mean, it's just a classic. Um, and then I would say different. It offers a completely different experience than, than any other 14er. You're right. You're not like on a giant snowfield anywhere else. Yeah. Or that giant ridge anywhere. Mm-hmm. And that much time on a snowfield. I mean, it's half a day that you're walking across the snow. It's just so cool. So, I, I would say... Long, classic, and different. Pay attention to what you're packing. Love that. That's nice. really good. Um, I think my advice is maybe two pieces. I think it's definitely not like a beginner 14er. But as long as someone has any sort of like scrambling experience, I think that it's it's probably within reach for people as long as they do the research and know the route and everything um, from, from either, either route. Um, I think the second piece, and for me especially, like, I was never one to, like, savor my experiences in the mountains. Like, it sounds like some of you guys were, like, I was kind of in a hurry to finish a lot of them, which I don't regret at all. Like, I'm glad that I finished them quickly, but I think Snowmass especially is one to just take your time on. Like, I, you know, I could have done the S-Ridge in a day from the trailhead if I really needed to, and I, I honestly kind of wish I would have got there earlier in the day the night before just so I could have actually taken in the views before it got dark. So I think that's one to take your time on. That's really good. Nice. For my three words, um, I think my first one would be like untamed. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Like especially that backside in the wilderness area. Like it's, I mean, there's a good trail going through, but like it, there's not a lot of signs of civilization back there. And you Mm -hmm. can... You know, you can look out in all the different basins, and you don't really see much of anything. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Other than just forests and mountains and basins and everything. The second word, maybe an unusual word for a mountain, but I would say, like, poised. Hmm. I think Snowmass has, like, its really famous neighbors, you know, Capital and the Maroon Bells. 
which, you know, those mountains are classics and for good reason. Um, but I think they see a lot more crowds than Snowmass does. And I think Snowmass is maybe a little bit, you know, just not as famous, I guess. But if you put that mountain like anywhere else in the state that wasn't next to the Bells and Capitol, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel no like point. that would be like the coolest mountain in the state. Yeah. And it kind of gets overlooked a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. I think it's very lush. Mm, there you go. From our base inside. That yeah. Just, yeah. Green. Like we went in early July, which I just feel like was the best time. Like the snow was melted. Everything was super green. Nice. Kind of overgrown. Which, you know, is kind of annoying, like trying to go through the willows and stuff through the trail. But like, mm-hmm. just that kind of goes back to the untamed thing, I think. Love that. That's, that's good. Just a lot of, yeah, just kind of vegetation being overgrown and everything. Nice. Very nice. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, so much good advice. I don't have a ton to add on to that, I don't think. Um, I would say uh, take advantage and and use the experience of Snowmass as, you know, an introduction to really getting into planning uh, a full climb pack in. Um, There's a lot more that goes into it logistically with equipment. gear food weather planning food all the things that you know a lot of 14ers are so accessible that you don't really need to think about a whole lot these days especially Mm -hmm. um so i would really dive into really getting you know familiar with the logistics of planning out of what is it like to pack in not just three miles where you can turn around and head back to the car but you're in eight miles so once you get in there uh, you know, you're not just turning around. It's not just a hop, skip, and a jump back out. And then you have a full climb to plan. So it was, it was really, uh, you know, just think about your, your trip in two, in two parts is your, your packing and camping and then your climbing and don't skimp on equipment for either hmm. would be my advice uh, or gear. Um, three words I would say, um, I would say approach because it was uh, it was the first like real long approach to a 14er that uh, for me so uh, was I spent a lot more time kind of taking in the scenery and, and the and you know just enjoying the trail um, you had a whole lot of time to plan for your climb or to think about your climb so um, approach um, I think in my particular experience uh, mortality mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. this was um, you know, I read about 14 or deaths, I had, uh, or mountain climbing deaths. So, you know, I, you know, growing up, we had, we knew people that, uh, knew people, but this was my first like real, um, kind of dealing with it. Hmm. And, and, yeah. and, you know, I think once you've, you got a bunch of mountains under your feet and you start to feel like, uh, you know, you almost, you get this sense of invincibility and, 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 you know, coming across something like that and realizing the, the tragedy that that could happen to anybody at any moment, just, sure. um, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that that into my last word is just focus. We mm-hmm. on that mountain. Yeah, is that's good. Just every mountain, obviously one foot in front of the other, check your handholds, be prepared, you know, for anything. But, um, especially on this one, just because a boulder is a certain size doesn't mean it can't, it can't move on you. And, uh, 
just because the snow seems firm at a certain time of day doesn't mean it can't slide. Sure. So yeah. uh, this mountain definitely takes some focus and it's a great intro to the Elks. Uh, and it'll help build the skills so you can go tackle the rest of them. Huh. Mm. Nice. I think that's super good. Um, my, what I would, I'm looking forward to the most, I think, for snow mass is the learning mm. portion of this mountain. Because there's elements that I've done in all my other climbs separately. So, for example, a long backpack in with Chicago Basin or climbing exposure or, you know, doing all these different, or like our split boarding where I'm Mm -hmm. used to some of the, you know, snow climbing and, but to combine all of that all together is something I've never done. And so Mm -hmm. each of those individual pieces, kind of like you said, Pat, becoming a full picture and a full trip i think that would be something i would look forward to is like kind of the learning aspect of this mountain um and the things the words that i would say not having climbed it would be um rickety (laughs) it just it sounds precarious um i would say in that same vein humbling like it seems like a mountain that you kind of approach with a lot of humility and approach with a lot of uh careful planning and respect and I think humility is a big thing because I think a lot of people you know go into other mountains and luckily they make it through just fine but I think this one is one that you know just seems like a humble peak um and also just because of the long approach and everything I -hmm. I would say that's just a humbling peak for me is is how I'm picturing that and then I think remote is my third word just because all the pictures I've seen looks like it's the furthest away from civilization and just seems so far back in there. And so, you know, even like you said, with the approach and everything. So I think those would be my three rickety, humbling and remote. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. Nice. That's solid. That's solid podcast. Yeah, yeah. Good to get back to the roots. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like that. I like it. It was a great idea. Well, guys, today we talked about some dangerous routes and some spicy things that you might encounter on Snowmass. So take everything we say with a grain of salt. Do your research. Uh, it's not a beginner mountain by any any means. So, uh, yeah, do your research. There's a lot of stuff out there to, to help you. And, again, thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.